thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. It's time to kick your shoes off, put your heels up, and listen to how to live your best barefoot lifestyle with your host, the barefoot podiatrist, Paul Thompson. Welcome back to the Barefoot Movement Podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you build a body that supports itself from the ground up, rather than that body that relies on all that artificial, unnecessary support. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and today I am chatting with Bondi Rescue Lifeguard, personal trainer, yoga and wellness coach, Lululemon Ambassador, Wim Hof Method Trainer, Mr. Dean Gladstone. Welcome, mate. That is quite the list of credentials. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul. It's a it's a truly an honour to be uh, to be chatting with you, mate. I am stoked. Like, obviously, I'm all about getting people barefoot more often. And if there's anyone that knows the importance of being barefoot and how important um, feet can be at crucial moments, like running along the sand, saving somebody's life, it is you, buddy. So. Look, yeah, well, you'd be quite jealous of us, uh, us guys, just barefoot <laughs> all day at work. Although you're probably barefoot all day at work as well, right, mate? Not all day. Like I still do some, you know, general podiatry work, and that is the last place you want to have bare feet. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so I am very jealous of um, of your footwear that you wear to work. So, mate, yeah. give us a bit of your backstory. You're um, obviously one of the Bondi Rescue lifeguards but you're clear, like clearly from that intro a lot more than that so just tell us about you know when you got into lifeguarding and then how all this um, health and fitness like training came about and, and what you're up to these days yeah well um yeah i've been a lifeguard for i guess since 2000 i was um i was lifeguarding and um you know i've, I've always i've grown up you know, sort of at the beach in the water. I was a sort of competitive swimmer um, from a from a young age, and and also grew up with this love of the ocean. So I was sort of swimming and surfing, and um, yeah, it just felt like a natural progression for me to um, to. I, I just wanted to be a lifeguard from from when I was a kid. I used to see the kids, see the um, you know, just down the beach, just see the lifeguards cruising around and helping people. And I actually saw them doing quite a heavy medical emergency one day, and my mum was a nurse. And my mum was sort of explaining to me a little bit of what they were doing. So it just felt really, really like a natural thing, to, a natural progression for me as a ocean-loving sort of person that's skilled in the water. And my mum was a nurse to go into helping people. So once you got into lifeguarding, is it what you thought it was going to be? No, it's yeah, it's a little bit different to to what I thought it was going to be, and you know it's changed a lot since when I started. Um, there's we've got a huge amount of technology sort of um, come into lifeguarding. You know we've got cameras and sort of the, you know well then Bondi Rescue came about and then again completely changed it. Um, but yeah, the technology has really really changed a lot in the last sort of fifteen years. Um, where we've sort of got multiple jet skis, um, yeah, you know, even drones is probably the latest aspect to come in and, and be a real game changer for lifeguards. Yeah, even some pretty fun toys to play with. That's another thing I'm jealous of. All right, in bare feet, drones, jet skis, 
Like it's every every boy's dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it is. Um, it is truly a beautiful job, you know. And and getting we get we, we get paid to train because it's essential that we're fit enough to save lives. And you know, we I guess we're going to talk about some functional training. Mm. But as a lifeguard, like you're actually your training is functional functional because you actually your the functionality of your job is to save someone's life. So it's um yeah it really puts the uh, really puts the f in functional. So with that in mind, what's in your words um, the difference between just basic fitness and functional fitness, which seems to be a bit of a buzzword at the moment? Yeah, well the the benefit for for me as a lifeguard of being able to you know you talk about swimming and and board paddling as functional functional parts of the job. Um, the better I swim and board paddle is the quicker I can get out to rescue someone that's potentially going to die. And, um, you know, there is literally, um, a difference. Seconds can make a difference between, between time and, uh, life and death. Mm. Uh, sorry, mate, I'm getting, uh, getting all tongue tied. That's all right. I'm getting quite excited. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you, you know, the functionality of it and your, your speed and ability to do it and do it well. Um, could potentially save a life. Yeah. So with that, I think you were saying you get paid to train. What sort of training do you do to increase those seconds that matter so much? Yeah, well, for the guys, there's there's a big focus on running, swimming and paddling. Um, it, just being out in the ocean, you know, any surfer will tell you there's just a, a sense of um, you know, a knowledge of about the ocean that just comes from having spent time in it. Mm-hmm. And so the more time you spend in the ocean, the better you understand it. And for us as lifeguards, again, you know, um, understanding the ocean was sort of key to, to what we, what we would do rescuing people from it is sort of the main, main part of our work. Mm. Um, yeah. So just getting a really good feel for it getting your running and swimming fitness up um you know for me i i definitely need some gym work yeah. to balance out my um you know muscular imbalances we could call them doing too much sort of running and swimming can put you uh, in a position where your your body's a little bit out of balance i'm a big believer in balance um mm-hmm. i spent and, and that's why i love things like yoga and, and that's why i teach yoga you know because it's it's a really well balanced um form of exercise so I know you're having a um, a bit of a gap here this year from from lifeguarding, and you are focusing more on the personal training and the yoga that you just mentioned. What's happening with that? Where are you at? Um, I know you're teaching. Where's where's the change for for Dean Gladstone? What's what's happened, mate? Why are we leaving the beach yeah. and looking into to to changing? Um, I was always, I always did a bit of personal training and, um, and then Bondi Rescue came about and also I had kids and I just got too busy to have time to maintain my clients. And I found out that you sort of training people was actually cutting into my own health Mm. and wellness. Um, so I had to, I had to let that go, but I've always trained the lifeguards I've always wrote a lot of their swimming programs and set some of their gym programs. And um, Jesse and Maxie actually rode jet skis from Bondi to Cairns. Okay. Uh, when was that? I think it was four or five years ago. 
And, you know, I set a training pro that, cr- program for them. It was quite interesting, you know, sort of training. You know, you talk about functionality. You know, their function, their training for their function was going to be riding a jet ski mm. for, you know, five or six or eight hours a day. So trying to incorporate stuff like that into people's programs and has always been what I've loved to do as well as lifeguarding. Mm. So yeah, I've got a I've got a year off leave without pay, a, a sabbatical, so to speak, and um, yeah, I'm really going to chase sort of things that I love doing, and I'm just not really sure which direction it'll all take. I've really I've really enjoyed doing this Wim Hof breath <coughs> breath work, excuse me, okay. and um, you're doing a little bit, you know, yoga and PT and sort of bringing that all together. Not only that, you know, like I I know the difference from myself from eating well you know if you're not eating well and sleeping well and and doing all these other little things it just your chance of overall health and wellness um it's just not as good so yeah it's it's trying to bring it all together into one big picture and where where i'll be in that picture i'm not exactly sure but there's a, a whole range of things that i love doing and yoga and and fitness are uh, amongst them so with the yoga, it's obviously a, a barefoot sport, which ties in beautifully with your beach uh, and lifeguarding footwear attire. Yes. Do you see a connection between being barefoot in training or do you wear shoes when you're training? What do you do, again, to get that functional movement for the foot? which is also part of your functional movement when you're um, chasing, you know, um, running down the beach to, to save someone or, um, yeah, you know, for yoga. Do you see a connection between the barefoot health and different activities that you do? Mate, everything's connected. And I, I think you said it best in the intro, you know, you, you've got to build it from the ground up. And in yoga, they talk to, they talk to that a lot, you know, the, the foot being your connection with the with the ground, really, you know, your foot and hands are, are, are the connections with the earth when you're when you're doing yoga. Mm. And um, when I'm PTing people, you know, and we're coming into like something like a simple box step up, you know, I can really see the instability in someone's foot or knee or hip, and it generally starts from the foot, um, from and from their shoes. So. I quickly get people's shoes off, and nine times out of ten, I see an improvement in their um, in their stability just from getting them barefoot. And it's really funny because I come at that uh, with the same vision, I guess, from a biomechanical, like podiatry point of view, that I see more stability in people barefoot too. And it's really interesting that, as a personal trainer and, and health instructor, that you're seeing the same thing there's so much correlation between getting our shoes off and starting to create some connection like you said before and some um, stability so what shoes like i know you do like to wear more minimalist shoes where you can tell us around how you how you got into um barefoot or minimalist shoes yeah, the, the barefoot shoes just feel right to me. I, I got I got injured sort of um, I got an injury many years ago, and um, I, I yeah I had a knee uh, a tear in my medial meniscus in my knee, 
and it was at work and um, it was quite a nasty injury. And the, the doctor, he wanted to operate and I'm like, oh, you know, I just, I'm sort of, yeah, I prefer to do things naturally if I can and, you know, be, it, which ties back to being barefoot now, you know, and, and eating organic food and try, again, trying to do things naturally. But um, being barefoot to me seems a more natural approach. But um, after this knee injury, being in these um, high-heeled shoes, these Nikes and these Asics, my knee felt unstable. But when I was barefoot, it, uh, it felt great. And that was around the time these five-finger shoes started, these Vibram five-finger shoes started to get a little bit of popularity sort of 10 to 12 years ago. And someone got me to try a pair on and, and immediately, like, it was just like being barefoot and it was great. And so um, I used to wear them. Like at gyms, they, they make you wear shoes quite often, but they, I could wear these Vibram Five Fingers um, and in the gym and still train like I'm barefoot, but actually adhere to, to some of the rules. So, um, yeah, I, I really got interested in, in that, the sort of barefoot shoes and then the barefoot running. You know, sort of back then, a lot of more people were advocating this heel toe running style, which just seemed crazy to me once I once I broke it down and had learnt what I'd learned about the hinge joints in the knee and the ankle and why barefoot running and barefoot shoes made so much more sense. Yeah, definitely. So these days we're looking for shoes of what you look to avoid from from a feature point of view in footwear these days to yep. maintain that stability in the foot. Yeah, well, my newest pair of shoes are, are some Vivo Barefoots, and they're like they've got like they've got virtually no no high heel in them. Like if you look at your average pair of Nikes or Asics, there's a what are they 14, 15 mil? I guess you you would probably yeah, be they average something like that. Twelve so, to fourteen mil. Twelve to fourteen mil. So, what's the again? Um, the heel drop on these seems very minimal. Like it's maybe three or four, or is, or is it less? In the Vivo, there's zero. In the Vivo, in the Vivo, so it's zero. So these things, yeah, it's like, yeah, they're beautiful. They've got a nice wide, um, got plenty of room for the ball of my foot, and the heel is flat, and it just encourages that more natural style of walking that and running that um, that I was talking about, using the hinge joints of the ankle and the knee, and um, yeah, it just feels right to me. Because they are right, mate. That's how our body was designed to. Yeah. To move, and you just tapped into, I guess, or re-tapped into, yeah, how the body should move, and that's why it feels so good. Did you transition guess, to the barefoot shoes at the time of the injury, or just sort of jumped into them to fight, like just as a, a trial to see if it would help your knee? What do you remember? What you did? Well, being being at work, being barefoot, I was okay, and then every time I put shoes on, it just felt really unstable. So I was, yeah, I was sort of talking to people about it and, yeah, I'm not quite sure exactly who or where, you know, I was sort of 10, oh, no, it would have been 15 years ago. Yeah, um, okay. You're probably lucky yeah, in that you were on the beach a lot too because, you know, these days when people are looking to change to that more minimalist shoe, I get them to transition um, slowly and make sure they do have that functional, like functional movement in the foot there you know the, the right mobility and yep. strength before jumping into it because some people get so used to the heeled shoe and the cushioning that yeah the transition can be quite brutal if, if it's not done properly yep. 
But you were probably lucky yeah. in that, you know, if you'd already been doing the lifeguarding for several years um, prior to, to getting into the Vivos or the, um, the Vibrams at the time, that you did have that foot strength and you were so used to being, you know, at ground level with the heel anyway. Probably yeah, well, good. after, yeah, I rushed in and I did the city to surf after that in my five fingers <sighs> and my calves were pretty sore afterwards, let me tell you. Yeah, it but, takes a bit um, of time, doesn't it, to, yeah, to let everything Yeah, I, uh, I probably shouldn't have run 14K on the concrete with them, but I did and, um, yeah, I, it was, yeah, it was just a little bit of, little bit of soreness um, compared to, you know, having a doctor cut me open and, Mm. do all this sort of stuff i was pretty happy with the result yeah it's amazing how it's a mm. it's a great story around how getting back to some natural movement can help yeah keep you from from going under the knife so and i my, feel like yeah. science and everything's sort of swinging that way you know like guys like you and there's the all these doctors promoting health food now it's just it, it really feels like um the world swinging round and a bit of common sense is sort of coming back into it. Uh, you know, people are eating and advocating more fat in the diet. It really feels like the, there's some common sense coming back into um, our health and wellness from the feet up. Well, I feel like it's been, you know, probably years and years that we've been misfed information, right? Like That's right. Got, you know, um, personal trainers teaching us, one thing that might be very structured and very uh, not that functional. We've got, you know, from a food point of view, we're eating things that are causing inflammation. We've got shoes that are causing us damage. And finally, people are starting to wake up and are starting to realise that we are human beings and that we need to get back to eating and moving and dressing like human beings should in order yeah. to maintain health. And that's what I love about you, mate, that you're so into um you know natural health and um food you know you you were mentioning to me before um the show here that you know you spend like you know make sure you're buying the good organic foods and that you're putting the right things into your body you're trying to move well and that you obviously encourage that with your clients and i think that's so important that we have people like you out there training other people because, you know, it starts with people like you and me, right? Yeah, that it does. We, you know, we all can make such a big impact in not only our own lives but in the people that we're, we're teaching and, and training. Um, so with one of my key principles um, within how I treat people is looking at their mobility and I know that um, you're pretty passionate about yoga. Can you tell us a bit about... I mean, for people that live under a rock and don't know what yoga is, maybe just give us a little briefing on what yoga is and some of the benefits around some of the mobility aspect um, of how it can help people move better. Yeah, um, yoga, Yeah, you know, yoga is so many things. But but one thing yoga is is, is breath with movement and um, getting the breath with your movement is actually the best way to get in to a sort of meditation um so the very ancient yogis were the first people to exercise around around five to eight thousand years ago and they started exercising so they could spend more time in a cross-legged position meditating mm. so that's how yoga started so 
so they could meditate longer. Um, so, yeah, the yoga is there to, to access the and calm the mind. And the best way is to do that through the breath. Mate, I love that you mentioned breath. I wasn't going to go there today, but I think we should. Because yeah. prior to 12 months ago, I would always start with the feet, right? Like that's what I do. Ah, uh, you're looking to... at the breathing pattern now. So my first thing I look at now and, and try and work with is the breath as well. As I've found okay. breath and the foot, it's so connected. But if you don't get the breathing right, then we never quite get the foot patterns right either. You can definitely strengthen the feet and, and you know, get on top of some of the issues. But until that breath's sorted, I'm finding that it's definitely one of the big keys to fixing so many things. And, you know, I know you've, you do the, the Wim Hof method. So yeah. let's, can you give us a bit of your take on um, breath work and, and just go a bit deeper into, yeah, tell us about breath from, from your point of view, from the yoga and the Wim Hof um, side yeah. of things. Well, yeah, it'd be interesting to sort of touch base, but quite often I like to get people laying on their back and sort of close their eyes and sort of spread one hand wide across their belly. I guess this is part of a, a yogi, a yogi technique and even a personal training technique as well. And it's if people can relax and breathe diaphragmatically or belly breathing. Love it. It's just seeing if people can use their diaphragm to breathe. Mm. And, you know, we breathe thousands of times a day. So if your breathing mechanics are out, and, you know, it's all this research is crossing over, you know, as you just said, you know, you're looking at the, the breath pattern for people's feet now. Um, and it all makes sense. Um, you know, if you're breathing wrong a couple of thousand times a day, it's, it's just you're not, you're not hitting optimal health. And, um, yeah, so starting with the breath and, and the little things like that um, that we do multiple, multiple times a day can um, have a huge effect on the whole body, right? So it's funny you say, you know, we breathe lots of times a day. That was the one thing that when I started looking into breath work, you know, I was still very, you know, I'm a podiatrist, I'm a foot guy. The foot's the most important thing. And and I still believe it's still a very important thing, but it is one body we're working with. And the guy who was um, sort of mentoring me at the time kept reminding me that, you know, we walk around five to 10,000 times our steps per day. Yep. And I was like, you know, that's a lot. And he's like, yeah, but you probably breathe closer to, I'm trying to remember the number. It was maybe 20,000. 20, yeah, I think it was yeah. 20,000. Um, and I was a lot more than, than steps anyway. And he was like, so what do you think is more important? And I was like, oh, damn, right. <laughs> like we kind of do yeah. to maybe get that breathing right. Yeah, there's a hierarchy. <laughs> that's right. And but then when you look at babies too, right, like when we're born, the first thing we, we try and um, get functional is the breath before we – and then, you know, create core strength around that breath and some movement around that breath before we even bother trying to stand up, you know, 12 months later. Mm. So Yeah, it's beautiful the, watching babies breathe and isn't it? how they sit. They just do it perfectly. And then we, then we go and just, screw them up. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy old place. So tell us about the Wim Hof method. I mean, I love I, – I agree with the di- diaphragmatic breathing. I think that's definitely where, you know, for people listening in, um, like Dean just said, you can put your be- your hand across your belly and start breathing into um, your hand. Is that what you do? That's- yeah, breathing yeah. into the hand. I get you. You know, it's not you're not breathing into your belly. You're breathing into the diaphragm, and the diaphragm is yeah. actually 
pushing into your belly and they call it belly breathing. It's yeah. you're still breathing with your lungs, but uh, yeah, yeah, the diaphragm's our biggest um, biggest breathing muscle. And yeah, to, to utilize it in a relaxed state is very important. Um, and yeah, and not, thing, to, not. I was going to say with the the relaxed state side of things. Um, so I've been looking at it from more of a a physical point of view. You can use that belly breathing to create stability around the core, which then helps yep. create stability up and downstream when we're moving. But I've had a conversation recently with someone, and, and you just sound like you're reinforcing that that. Um, when we're breathing you and breathing properly, you actually put yourself out of flight or fight or flight mode. And yeah. what that does on a physical level is starts to change some of the I guess the hormones and chemicals that we're releasing into our body that can actually change yeah, the, the endocrine way we move. system. It's so we're changing the way we move if we start getting fight or flight wound up. So this breathing is definitely uh, super important. And if you want to learn how to do it more, then it sounds like Dean might be your man up in Bondi. Um, go and learn how to, to to get breathing and moving with him because, yeah, it is definitely one of the, the key components to learning to move well. Um, so yeah, And it's, we, it's not overly complicated, is it, mate? You know, it's within a, a session or two and someone just quickly showing you how to do it, you know, you can really take a lot of it away and, um, yeah, it's quite a simple practice. But it is a but, practice, um, that's yeah, the thing, just, right? Yeah, it just needs – yeah, it is a practice. But, yeah, a couple of little pointers in the right direction and you can definitely um, get huge a huge return on your investment. And I think the thing to note is that, like, it is a practice and it's something that it's, it is quite easy to get. But the day and age we live in and depending on your, you know, your job, like if you're sitting a lot, then you're kind of compressing your belly for long periods of time – it does take a little bit more focus to maintain that breathing pattern. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, let's talk about Wim Hof method. It's another yeah, uh, the breathing, Wim stuff is amazing. Another breathing technique. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Just while we're on the on the breath topic. Yeah, Wim is an amazing guy. He's for those that haven't heard of him, I'll try and quickly describe him as best I can. Um, mm. He's got about twenty world records or somewhere along those lines, and um, from um, swimming underwater, under the ice 50 metres to submerging himself in ice baths for two hours, running marathons in the desert and without drinking water. So Wim can do all these crazy things um, and control his body um, and can actually control the autonomic nervous system, which sort of regulates stuff like our breathing and our heart rate, st- stuff that we, um, that we don't think about and don't need to think about to survive. Mm. And scientists thought that this was previously impossible to, um, to control. Um, so Wim doing all these amazing things has challenged the scientists to, um, to, to see whether he could control it or not. So they've done a lot of scientific experiments on him as he's done all these crazy things. Um, they actually did one experiment where they injected a toxin into him which which gave most people the flu and Wim using his breathing method was able to literally breathe it out which is uh quite extraordinary it's amazing you just spent some time over there with him didn't you yeah i was at Wim's house um the Wim Hof Academy yeah and um 
you know, I, I, I love this, this sim- the simplicity of his, his, you know, he's got a couple of components to his method. Yeah. One is a breathing pattern, you know, which as a yoga teacher, you know, I teach breathing to people, pranayama, uh, we call it in yoga. And then there's some cold therapy, which is partly what attracted me to it because mm-hmm. I, um, you know, my, my circulation is in the bed in winter. I get sort of cold hands and I was, you know, seeing this guy saying, you know, you could train this stuff. And, um, and I love it. I love that people are sort of doing stuff that were previously thought impossible. Mm. And, um, you know, this, this winter, although the winter's good, you know, I've noticed my tolerance to cold improve yeah, and the health benefits along with it. Just from breathing. Well, no, I I quite often have a cold shower. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been doing a little bit of ice bath and there's some sort of mindset or focus exercises Mm -hmm. where you actually, yeah, you use the power of your mind to, um, to do stuff. So again, they're, they're not super complicated, the techniques, but applied together, the results are amazing. Yeah, right. I'm going to definitely have to learn more about this. You, yeah, you so the breathing excited. technique um, increases, increases the alkalinity of the body, so making the body less acidic. So you talked about inflammation before. Mm. So two minutes of this breathing um, decreases the acidity in your body, so straight away. Um, you're less acidic than you were, so you've got less inflammation. And again, the the cold and the ice bath it uh, decreases or, or virtually disappears the um, the inflammatory protein when you're when you're in um, in the cold. It, it virtually just goes. So Which is amazing, um, right? Because we use ama- so many like artificial things to help reduce inflammation, but now you're saying and Wim's you know showing people that you can do this just through some simple techniques and getting into the mindset of, um, yeah, reducing inflammation naturally. Yeah, amazing, Wim's, right? yeah Wim's wife actually um, killed herself many years ago, so he's really passionate about mental health mm. and he's passionate about a lot of, um, a lot of health and, and he believes his method, um, you know, some say um, depression is inflammation in the brain, mm. um, you know, can can help um, treat treat um, treat de- depression and all these other illnesses just mm. from sort of breathing and cold therapy. It's amazing. I think, yeah, I'm obviously not um, licensed, you know, or <laughs> credible to well, talk I'll, about I'll depression, te- but um, I completely agree, mate. I think, yeah. Um, well, I'll tie it all together with you for sort of, my, you know, my latest thoughts. Um, mm. the, the intermittent fasting, which I don't know if you do any of it. Um, I haven't, but it's on the radar as well at the moment. There's yeah, a- to me, intermittent fasting and ice bathing and even sort of barefoot shoes, you know, mm. it, it seems to me that um, it's almost like where it's too com- the modern comforts that we're surrounding ourselves with are actually making us um, – not as strong as a species as we could be and things like ice baths a little bit of starvation um walking around barefoot are Mm. actually making us stronger and smarter and um and more and more um yeah what's the i can't quite think of the word i'm looking for but more robust yeah Um, yeah so you know these modern day comforts are actually slowly killing us it seems and you know 
foot, you know, barefoot and, and cold and, um, you know, missing a meal actually seemed to be really good for us. Um, keeps obviously the body guessing, doesn't it? Keeps the body guessing. It's not going to work. Everything's not going to work for everyone. And you and I both know that. But mm. um, across the board, there does seem to be people getting amazing results, um, making them a little, themselves a little bit tougher. Well, and I don't know if it's like I know there's probably definitely some toughness to it, but I think the like my takeaway at the moment from all these types of techniques you've just mentioned, and especially like with the the barefoot approach, is that our body's designed to get constantly get feedback, right? External yep. feedback, and that's what helps us respond and react quicker to things, and um, keeps the body guessing and yeah, not getting too comfortable. And that goes with the foot. As well, if you're in shoes that are cushioned all day, um, you don't have to really respond too much. You can walk over most surfaces and you don't really feel them. You know, you might have to adjust your ankle position a little bit. But when you're barefoot, your brain is getting feedback every step, whether it's a little pebble under your foot, whether your foot's changed position, different textures. And I guess fasting similar, it's, your body's going, oh, where's that? Hang on, it's, it's 12 o'clock, where's my meal? And then it has to react a little bit differently and learn to adapt to that. Um, you know, the cold bath and things like that can be the same, I guess, in that, you know, you're not just having these nice warm showers that, yeah, are comfortable, but, you know, the body needs different types of feedback, like when we were primal and when we had yep. to respond and learn to adapt and keep the body, yeah, strong and robust. But also I think the biggest thing is that the body can react and respond to our environment and if our environment's too comfortable our body gets comfortable and if you don't use it you know how the old saying goes you lose it yeah, you don't, and that you goes don't, for, for i think a lot of things in the body it's not just muscles right yeah you're not um yeah you, yeah you're 100 percent right you're just well you're not using you're not listening to your body and so you you lose the ability to um to listen to it and it takes you know i think it took an injury for me to to switch that back on for me and um you know i'd be interested to know is, is do do you often find that is an in, an injury what sort of gets people back into a new way of thinking or a new yeah look, or looking for a change what i find is and it's unfortunate because yeah most people i come in contact with that like, want my help generally have some type of um you know chronic pain or injury um most and I'm, you know this is general like there's obviously people that do that are proactive but um a lot of people tend to i think it's probably that whole human nature thing of responding right that yep if yeah when it's, it's not so saying it's broken they want to be fixed basically and that's when they'll look at that change in lifestyle if the person they go to is that way inclined otherwise you know there's a lot of people out there that would have been in your position that you know hurt their knee and didn't look beyond the scope of the surgeon's advice and get you know second third fourth opinions that would just go under the knife and that's it so i think part of um creating a better lifestyle for yourself it's becoming as educated as you can. So I was listening to different people's stories, different people's um, take on science, you know, like 
like yourself, you know, like going out there and doing these cool courses like Wim Hof's and, and being able to show people a different way of doing things that are natural that and trying that first to see if that helps rather than, you know, just going to the, the Western medicine, you know, straight off the bat. Like Western medicine is still good though. I'm not saying we don't yep. need it. Yep, but, I agree. But I think we sometimes overuse it. I see it in the podiatry industry that, you know, shoes and orthotics are often over-prescribed, over-used, over-relied upon. And, you know, that's that's what I'm trying to change. But in saying that, we need to look at the whole body to do that. And that's I'm loving this conversation around breathing. Like it's it's amazing um, yeah. that you're into that. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's yeah, it's, it's it's you know, it's amazing the results I can get from from people just breathing, you know, and they love it. Um, yeah, I ran a, a breathing and an ice bath workshop I think last week or the week before, mm-hmm. and these guys were just buzzing afterwards, you know, and and all we did was sort of breathe for half an hour and and jump in an ice bath um, at the end, and they just yeah, I'll have to. Like, uh... they were, they were texting me for days afterwards, still telling me how good they felt. You know, so oh, really? um, yeah, it's really, really validating for, for me to 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 share it with other people. I'll have to um, find out if you another one and come along and and give the listeners a bit of feedback on on this method of breathing because um, and see the difference. Like I teach breathing a certain way. I'd love to um, at some point, yeah, catch up with you and. and Yep, go through cool. some of this breathing and then we yeah. can, I can recap on what I learn and, and some of the differences in because there's lots of different breathing methods out there but I think the the key is using that diaphragm but you know there's there's so many different ways of of diaphragmatic breathing and the way people use it and and teach the technique yeah um, so there's no right or wrong it's finding what works for you but yeah it's definitely getting into that diaphragmatic breathing let's um just finish up with a bit of talk about mindset i know you've mentioned wim is really into the mindset i know you're pretty into um mindset as far as far as like for yourself getting into um training and and keeping in a good good um healthy body and mind set as well especially with the food side of things how important is the mindset around you know all this stuff we've spoken about getting fit getting functional um, you know, living a good, healthy lifestyle that um, creates, you know, that body that we don't need the support for? Yeah, the, the mindset's, uh, you know, it's probably more important than anything, the mindset. Mm. And sometimes you've sort of got to trick people into realising their mindset because, like, oh, they're like, I want to lose weight, which is probably one of the most common ones, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. And it's like, okay, you want to lose weight, well, then, you know, you've got to not eat less processed food or something. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. And it's like, but you just said you want to lose weight and yeah, yeah. This, is, this is the mindset you need to be in to get there. So you actually sort of have to convince them of their goals and sort of tie the mindset to their goals. Mm. With, uh, um, like, mindset, that would be pretty important for you as a lifeguard, wouldn't it, like when you were – well, you'd be in some pretty hairy situations at times. How do you keep yourself? Like I'd imagine you'd get um, overwhelmed at times with whether it be the middle of a rescue or in some pretty heavy conditions. How do you keep yourself 
calm in those yeah, situations? Yeah, it's, um, you know, for, for me, I spent a lot of time as a swimmer. So I was pretty comfortable in the water any, pretty much for anything, um, any aspect. So I never felt unsafe in the water. What did stress me out was when I, I don't want to say lost control, but when there was more things going on, like there's only five or six lifeguards at Bondi Beach and if there's 40,000 people on the beach and there's four or five things happening at once, there is more things happening than there's lifeguards on the beach. So Mm. um, it's literally a matter of prioritising and doing your best. Um, And that's, that's all it comes down to and that's all you can do in the end. Um, you know, if we missed something, missed something very important, um, there's, you can, you can either go, oh my God, I missed it. Or you can react from there and do your best from that moment. Mm. And, and that's what, that's what it's about, you know, doing your best from, from that moment and, um, yeah, doing the best you can with what you've got, what resources you have. And I think that's not only a great message for (laughs) like lifeguards, um, on the beach, but just for general life, right? Like it's the same as getting healthy and living a healthy lifestyle. There's, there's probably yeah. things we're missing now that we're doing as a society that we think are, are healthy and, you know, down the track we'll be told that that's not healthy anymore or whatever. Like I think the one of the keys is to not overthink health as well. It's enjoy it. It's um, do your best with the resources you have. Like you said, you know, listen to – different podcasts, read lots of um, things, just stay informed. And and if you do have to prioritise, if you have lots of health conditions or, you know, the whole health thing is getting a bit overwhelming, it's just prioritise, right? It's pick the thing that yep. you know you can do and you can do well and nail that and then move on to the next thing, which which I guess is similar at the, at the beach, right? It's Yeah. <laughs> you kind of... You're putting out fires, literally. Yeah, right. And then once you kind of get those fires under control a bit, then you might start, yeah, working on some of the causes or whatever it may be. But I think it's a great um, transition, yeah, from the beach to, to yeah. life. It's, it's yeah, you know, if we, paddle, if we paddle out the back and there's 10 people in trouble, you know, we, we, go, we go for the worst one. And sometimes we sort of leave the board with everyone else that can – that's not going to drown and we will go over to the person that's going to drown and then hold them up and then sort of drag them over and, you know, crisis has sort of ad- adverted. Mm. Um, although we haven't rescued all the people, but we've, we've stopped them from drowning. So, yeah. Um, and then we just got to wait for help. Which, and, uh, um, yeah, if you can, coming, if right? you can, <laughs> yeah, if your hope's coming, but, um, <laughs> you know, if you can sort of put a hold on, on anything getting worse in your own life and then educate yourself about it and, and hope for a bit of help and, um, yeah, help will come. Well, mate, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Uh, appreciate your time. Where can um, people find you? So you're obviously all over social, but if people want, so it's at Dino Gladstone. Yeah, um, my email's on my Instagram account, so if yeah. someone wants to reach out to me. Um, they can do so, you know, Facebook, Twitter, this YouTube, this, I've got a website, but yeah, Instagram's always, uh, seems to be the, uh, social of choice at the moment. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So yeah, if people want to check out sort of all the weird and wonderful stuff I'm doing at Dino Gladstone, 
and um, yeah, you know, I try to I try to get back to people that um, write to me. So yeah, if anyone responds, I'll uh, do my best to to uh, touch base with them. And if people want to train with you, can they? Is there any spot still available, or are you uh, you must be pretty pretty wanted, I'd imagine? Yeah, mate, I take a free session every week for Lululemon. Okay, um, that's in that's at the Bondi Beach, yeah. six thirty on a Tuesday. Uh, so that's open, and yeah, I'm personal training at Elixir Gym. Um, yeah, if people, I, 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 I'm not full at the moment, so I've, I've got a couple of, I've got some time spare every week for new people. You know, things chop and change every week. Um, yeah, so. So getting um, quick. Yeah. <laughs> getting, getting quick. Um, I'm running sort of some sort of breathing and ice bathing workshops, sort of maybe once a month. So um, yeah, if you're interested in something like that, the results have been absolutely amazing since coming back from. Um, from Wim's house in Europe, um, which I was there in June. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying that aspect too and, um, yeah, sort of tying it all together into a general sort of health and wellness. Um, it's, it's been super fun for me. I love it, mate. I think you're up to amazing, amazing things. I can't wait to check back in with you and see where, where you are after your year off lifeguarding. But thanks again for your time and keep up the good work, mate. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. All right, mate. Look forward to catching up. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.